So Tina was telling us about some vision quests mm -hmm. that you went through. Can you, can you tell us about that? What, what was that like? What did you, what'd you find? What'd you see? Well, on the subject of lifting veils, which yeah. is, right. I think like you know, that's really what happened to you. You know, you, be, you began to see the truth. Thought, no. You could not see the truth. It could not see the truth anymore. No. Right? Yeah. Once that veil is yeah, lifted. Well, it, it's, so, you can't go back. There's no going like back. The, yeah. no, the vision difficult. quest had a similar effect in some ways on me in, there, in that it, the first one I went on, I was 13. I was a part of a church group called the Unity Church. Yeah. A Course in Miracles is kind of like a large part of that as well. Um, and I got, we had some really interesting facilitators in this, in this Unitines group. And uh, we, we went on a vision quest. Um, it was a 24-hour solo, 13 years old, you know, but 24-hour solo in the Canyonlands. We hiked two days deep into the desert and... Solo, what do you mean? So a solo means is you go out by, by yourself, yourself. At 13. At 13. So a bunch of kids are out there by themselves. Yeah, and there's, a, there's an adult that goes with you and helps you find your spot. You know, yeah. you stay in your little spot. You okay. put like your you know, little So everyone's in something. a certain area together. He can see. But you can't. You can't. You, you, you no, nobody know can where. see you. Yeah. You can't hear any. Ideally, you know, you're, you're alone. And you wow. take ideally also. You, I mean, a real vision quest is usually four days. Um, and has you no food, no water. That's a real traditional yeah, vision quest. But we were, we were 13. We had water. But still, <laughs> I mean, 24 hours with, with just water. Yeah, at 13 that's, that's, hours, that's a and lot. And by yourself in the desert. So that was a real, um, it was a real experience. And that, that night, I was in this kind of like outcropping of the sandstone. You know, I felt a little protected. And it must have been really, really like late night, early morning, maybe, you know, 4 o'clock or something couldn't sleep and I'm just staring at the stars and these three red lights come out like elongated red lights like in like out there and they were just kind of like dancing around the sky and I watched them for probably a good 20 minutes or something and it really it, and I knew and I and I heard a voice kind of came through and I was like trying to scribble in the starlight on a notepad and I had a real experience with it was my first UFOs that I saw. Yeah. And it was the first like real experience in that way where it was such such a direct connection. And I was like, it was kind of like, yeah, all right. Doesn't surprise me too much, but it blew my mind. Right. <laughs> and it was one of those things where you see it for the first time and you're like, all right, okay, all right. And I've been reminded of this over and over again throughout my life. About time, yeah. Recently it happened again where I, um, through ayahuasca actually, had a, had another really uh, direct connection, um, which was very very familiar to that as well. And it's like it was it was the message again was like you have no need to ever question our presence again. Mm. And we're here, and we've always been here, and it's cool. We all are connected to the plants. Wow. And they're like, and we brought the plants here. Because they were a little insectoid looking, and it concerned me slightly. <laughs> <laughs> They're insect, okay, like but ET they, style. Uh, but there was like it, there was like a dancing kind of motion and a really kind of light. And I, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very curious and open. I'd say that's one thing that I've continued to to keep with me is this kind of like curiosity, and it's kind of like humor me. Would you, Show me something new. Is there a significance between you think aliens and angels? There must be. 
I, I mean, I feel some, there's something there, it's, obviously. You know, one of the things that Rudolf Steiner calls, says is the ethereal spirits, ethereal beings. And I would put in the ethereal beings realm, angels and angels. aliens. Yeah. This like higher, it's, you know, and then also like our departed uh, friends and family from this realm, you know, they... Steiner talks about how those that transition and have become conscious in this material world, that they transition into the next world also consciously and stay connected with us. And if there's enough people, this is Martin Brechtel. Have you ever heard of Martin Brechtel? I have not. Grief and Praise is one of his books. You guys would love this man. Watch him on YouTube, some of his story, and he brings back this kind of like root... Uh, connection to our ancient ancestors. Did you have an experience like that? To where you had somebody come back and talk to you? I've definitely had that happen multiple times over my life. And one of them, we were just talking about this earlier, my mentor, Ernst Fuchs, who painted the Apocalypse Chapel, and of course, many, many other things. He um, passed away five years ago, and um, four, four and a half, almost five years ago, and he um, when he passed, I was actually in my studio here in downtown Los Angeles, and I was um, I was working on a on a painting that was kind of a secret painting, and I was down to to the last wire of it, and I found out that he had passed, and I was in this kind of you know uh, sanctuary. I mean, my studio is kind of like a sanctuary, but it's like a, a it's like a cabin on the t on on a rooftop with a big garden in the middle of downtown LA, and it's this place where I kind of you know, hole up and connect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's been a really powerful place for me. So I was there and I, and I was painting um, like throughout the night and I felt Ernst there. You know, I lit, lit all these candles and I just invited him in and I was just like, and, I, and, and it made myself available to him too. Mm. And he was, he was bouncing around the room like a yo-yo or something, you know, like a bouncy ball. I could feel, feel his energy just like everywhere and he was just like, I can be everywhere at once. Yeah. And it's, it's like I, I, I always thought it would be, you know, and it was this kind of like feeling for me too. I didn't feel like the sadness had, had left too. It was almost, it was pretty quick. It was like this, this thing of just knowing that he was now, he's like, I can be with you now all the time. Yeah. And I had left before, you know, I'd left like almost like six years before. Um, from Vienna being there on his side all the time and and but I kept going back you know I'd come back and show him photos and we, we hung out a lot we were dear dear friends but oh. but he was now able to be with yeah, me he was kicking time. it all the time and there's another That's character great. another dear dear mentor of mine his name is Jim Shannon uh, there was a movie called the men who stare at goats yes we were just yeah. talking that with my son yeah so uh, Jeff Bridges plays Jim Shannon which is very much, it's a real story, true story until Kevin Spacey comes in, as far as I know. Right. <laughs> but he became a deep mentor and friend of mine um, in the latter years of his life, and he passed away a couple of years ago. Right. Um, but he's another person that is in that realm, like Fuchs and Jim, and there's a whole legion of characters that keep <laughs> collecting. Right. And I ask for guidance all the time when I'm painting, too. I was like, all right, guys, I'm remembering right now. Yeah, I had. Let's um, do this together. <laughs> no, for real. Like you just said something that just that just hit me for a reason. My my mom passed away a couple of days ago, and um, 
when it happened, it was, it was so unexpected, like beyond unexpected. And so when we got to the hospital, because the day before she was doing mud mass, she went to ballroom dancing, she was hanging out with my, my stepdad, and they were having a wonderful weekend. Uh, he said she got sick. We go to the hospital. Um, within 20 minutes, she, she passes on. Um, I'm in, everyone's in a state of shock. Because yeah. just, she just watched a UFC fight with me the week before. Eddie comes over, he leaves. Um, so it was so unexpected. So as I'm sitting there, she, she passes. Um, I'm in a state of shock. I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I start thinking bef like I start thinking that I could communicate with her because I have communication. I could, I pick up on energy and, but I don't understand what's happening because it's my mom. So I don't, I'm not really putting it together. I'm so freaked that she, I lost her. So I'm in a state of, I can't understand what's happening. As time passes, I was at the funeral home and, and I started to hear something and I heard like her voice a little bit and, and I started laughing out loud in front of like 15 people that were crying. Um, and I stopped and my sister goes, what were you doing? I, go, I just heard mom's voice in my head. And she goes, was she talking to you? And I go, I don't know if she is. I don't know how long it takes, you know, like I, I never had been through this type of situation before. But the next day, my mom was wide open talking to me with the same person, that same talk the way it was i started it, it it was unreal but that sense of of sorrow went away like that like what you just said and i was like i started smiling and i'm like like she was saying things in jokes and, and the way she got my attention as i actually told eddie i went to the bathroom she had said something earlier that was funny and as i got up i'm sitting on the toilet and as i got up she goes wash your hands <laughs> and i was like wait what I, I, and I, it threw me off but yeah. And when I talked to her again, she was, I said, she, the way she got my attention was by her sense of humor. And about the day she died, the day after, I said, thank you for my sense of humor. And the way she got my attention was through her sense of humor to yeah. me. And mm. my ex-wife at the time, we're having dinner and she was like, I keep hearing songs. The songs keep coming up. And, I, and, and she's a little bit more closed off to it because of what happened between me and, uh, and her and the kids. Um, but I knew and I felt it. But it's hard to, to when you everyone else is is grieving, which it's, they have to change. Some people like my son said, "I'm so sorry that your mom died," and that word is not. You wouldn't talk to a dead like. Do you, would you talk to a dead plant? I'm just saying. Why would you talk to somebody? Because you feel they're there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, obviously. Mm. So they've lost. They've left this shell, and they're somewhere, right? Mm. But that word, dead. I just feel it's, it's, I don't know, and I think, I'm sure, you know, moving on is a lot better, but I just wanted to tell my son that she's not dead. She's, she's here, and she said to me, she goes, this is, she loved it. She goes, I could be with you all at the same time. And you said the same thing, and she said that to me, and she goes, and you can hear me, so they'll be able to hear me. And I said, can you hear me? She goes, well, you're answering me back. So I'm going back and forth, processing this information and saying things, then she starts interrupting me. And I'm like, so, because I was trying to get through, and then I didn't know what to say. So now I'm driving with my, with my fiance and I'm driving the street and I'm like, I don't know what to say to my family. I have to share this. And they, they, cause they know I, I, I pick up on things, but this is a little different. And they, my, my stepdad just lost his ex-wife, his wife. My, they, they, so I didn't know how to present it. And as I'm driving and I'm like, what do I do, mom? And she just goes, play it by ear. And that's exactly, I'm like, oh. As soon as I got there, I, I couldn't, I had to wait. I didn't want to say it while my son was there because he'd be like, yeah, I don't want to hear it, dad. And I told my stepdad and, you know, and I saw his face and I knew that he knew because he saw my eyes and I was looking at him and I'm like, 
she's here she's with us i feel it her energy the love everything and that's why i don't have this grief yeah you know and, and yeah. so when you said it and then it, it just it's so real and i think that if other people and they looked at at when people pass on is something in and for me i guess i i don't say for them for me it really did help me to understand that there is something else out there and and that it is so real mm. and that we all have it we if, if like i said if i can do it and then anyone can and i don't mean that like anyone can do it right away i'm sure it's different for everybody and how they go about it but that it's it's in with our it's in with inside us that it's there so to go inside us to find out is is a search and that's that's basically what it is and and, and that's i think what was i was able to do when i started talking to my mom and i'm so glad that i was able to to hear that and to feel that because it is helping me get through it for sure yeah i think the the waves though like is the this oneness feeling this experience of connectedness that you're experiencing with her mm. is one side of it and then the other side of of grief is very real and is also something so important to not try to sweep sweep away yeah, you avoid. know yeah. And that's part of our culture, and this is something that Martin Precatel talks about, mm. is that we've forgotten how to grieve. And that the, the souls, when they leave, they need the grief, like the wailing of the soul, the wailing of the grief yeah. is what helps them get to the beach of stars. To where they're going. To where they're going. That's interesting. I need to, I need to look into that. Because mm -hmm. my experience with, my mom passed away when I was 15 years old, you know, and it really shaped who I was as, I mean, I'm still not over it. You know, mm. like mm. I, I gave up on. I was Baptist, so went to church every Sunday. Was in the choir, wore my suit, you know, and I like gave up on God completely when she passed. Like it was a wrap. You couldn't tell me anything. I wasn't atheist. I just didn't believe. Mm. I believed, but I believed that I wanted to fight God because He took my mom away. Like, and I told Joy this uh, with Jim. I literally can remember sitting in my bedroom in Hollywood can you just come in the room right now so I can beat your ass? Like, please just come in here. Give me five minutes. Like if you really are here to give us what we need, that's what I need right now. You know? So I grieved and still grieve, you know? And, and when I look at Joey's experience, I'm like, sure. I'm, I'm sure that there were times in my life where I communicated and I heard and she guided me and helped me make decisions and was there for me when I was going through pain. Mm -hmm. But I wish, you know, I, I don't wish after going to class when I started studying with Tage, that communication became very apparent to me. I would lay on the floor and cry and moms would just be kicking it right there. And like, she'd be like, you're, you're good, don't trip, it's all good. Mm. You're in the right place at the right time. Right. You know, so, and, and back to the oneness, it's not in us, it is us. Mm. Like, yep. it's not outside, it's not inside, it's, it's everywhere. It's like you say, omnipresent. Yeah. You know, so there's no way that we're not communicating with people who have moved on or people who are even to come because it's a it's it's all one energy it's all one thing you know we are all definitely connected in that way it's yeah and when you when you think about like that because we're so used to being not connected we don't even want to talk to the guy next door to us we think he's gonna come in and steal all our shit <laughs> <laughs> right so we're like shut the window and if he comes by make sure you have something on him yeah, no doubt. I mean, just, and, 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 and to, to that note, like, Amanda, you don't, you don't know us very well, right? But for me, if I would go out with you, like, you know, we're friends, and you're like, hey, I want to take you to this barbecue. I want to introduce you to my friend. I'd be like, no, I'm good. You're like, well, no, no, he's really, no, no, I'm good. You know, that was my thing. I don't want to meet anybody, and I don't need any new friends. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I'm the opposite. Like I'm, t I'm speaking to the most unlikely person I would ever speak to. And I do it selfishly. It's for me because I feel so good when I'm like, hey man, how are you? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, you'll get, you'll get it one day. It'll, it'll come to you, you know? Yeah. So yeah. You know, and we went to go see uh, Reverend Beckwith and, uh, and we're sitting in, in the chairs and they go, you turn and talk to somebody that you don't know. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I'll just turn to my girl and talk to her, just an easy <laughs> out, right? Eddie spins around and starts singing to the lady behind him. <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> he started, have you singing. been to Agape? No, yeah. singing okay, out so, loud. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, since you've been there, it meant so much to me to have Joey. We know who you really are. Because if you knew Joey 10 years ago, he, he would have ran out of there. Like, yeah. stop saying, get what? Get away from me. It meant so much for him to, to, to be welcomed into, mm. into the center because I've been going for probably 15 years. But I did. I turned around and that lady was really into it. And I was really into it, too, because yeah, no, I had you brought you there and I felt, you know, once again, right place, right time. You know, it's not the answer of all questions. It's not that, you know, it's not going to save everybody. It's not, you know, the end, end all be all. But that is definitely a, a great place to be where you're around people that understand and get it. And you can feel that they, you know, you can feel it when you're there. Mm. Yeah. And I and. I think the more that we're around people and it's not so looked at as, a, as being so strange the things we're saying that it's more susceptible, more open and you'll start to notice these things. And I think the reasons for people not noticing or picking up on that energy is they ignore it. Like you said, it went away for a while, right? Mm. I've talked to several people that they, they said they were open and they'd see things and then it just went away for like 10 years. Mm. But it would pop in, in either from like a, a near-death experience or they lost somebody or you know maybe a plant, you know, whatever. It's a different thing, but it would come back. Um, and I've, I, just, I just, after going through it, I was fascinated with, with everyone's um, road and how it happened because every single person's is different. Mm. And it's that interconnectedness. It's, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that when someone asked me, they're like, well, what do you think, you know, what do you think? My mom, well, she asked me and it was a different, a little bit of a different story, but I just feel that we are here to find our union with God. Like in, it sounds, but really, because that's what it is. And that's what an awakening is. Because right when that happened, I felt like I became, that's, this is when I did talk to my mom. She goes, what do you think would happen? Like what? Because I was, I, I, I was separated from my family 21 years, my kids. And so they all thought he, something crazy, because he would have never left them, right? Never. And then I gave all my money. I started giving my money, everything, because I wanted them to understand how serious I was about how I believe what was happening. And uh, it was it was so hard for them to understand that, mm. to see. And I was willing to give everything because what I felt, it was the most amazing. It, you know, everything, you know, all the things I thought, because you, when you see there's something else, like, and you really know there's something else and you can't take things with you because the hearse doesn't have luggage racks, you'll start to evaluate the things that you did and why you did them and how you got them yeah. real quick. Yeah. And that's what I started to do. I started to look, I go, oh dang i have so much work to do <laughs> well, it's like you're doing what you would do after you pass you're doing it while you're alive yes you know and that's a really a super valuable important thing for people to witness that your story you know and everybody that's going through these kinds of experiences to have to to find safe places to share the story you know that's why i think this podcast and what you're doing is super important Thank because you. there's so many people out there listening 
and this is the revolution that's happening through the internet and through us being connected worldwide now. There are people all over the world that are connecting with, with a similar vibration that goes beyond all borders, all colors, yeah. all genders, yeah. and is something that is very real. And the more stories that are being recorded and, and brought out, um, the more others are going to feel safe to come out to you know right? you know what's that's interesting you brought that up because you know i'm the least i'm not least likely i'm gonna stop saying that but i'm the least likely guy to be in here talking about these things if you know where i come from and who i am right and i had someone and i'm not going to mention any names but i had someone that lived a pretty surly life you know from a neighborhood and kind of you know they, they're still gang banging at 48 years old <laughs> and, and <laughs> you know and Sorry. there's nothing there's wrong with that because it's it's that's there's nothing wrong in gang banging at 48 years old okay but I, I literally, <laughs> Did he say I literally that? had someone call me that's like, you know, super triple OG. And they were like, yo, man, I, re- I listen to your podcast and I think it's amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the last thing I expected to hear from that person. And he was like, to hear you say your story and, you know, and what you've gone through and, and just even that you said it makes me feel okay that I can share my experience. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And that's when, like, you know, Joey's been kind of touching on me, like, come in, come in, go to class, do these things. And mm-hmm. For me, that was an awakening moment or, or a, a, a moment where I was like, okay, I am in the right place at the right time and this is something that I need to do. Because if my story is affecting other people that way, especially someone like that, that will change, that'll alter, the, alter their, their path, you know, point them in the right direction. You know? And I think that's, that to me is what I'm the most proud of with what we're doing here is we're, we're not yogis sharing yogi experiences, we're humans sharing our spiritual experience. And it sounds different and, and it's it you know and it's valuable too you know I mean what we I sit with someone like you and I'm like I'm not worthy because you're you've done so much and you've seen so much and you know so much but I think our our perspective is equally as valuable as well because it's not so knowledgeable it's based on pure faith that we're gonna find what we're you know now we're allowing instead of making stuff happen we're just like okay I'm gonna show up today and do this podcast and I had no idea what I would get today. No, it's like a conscious dude, right? It's like, okay, so the veil. It's, it's like somehow I walked through that door. I walked through that, that door, that veil. I started to see what was happening. And what happened was I looked back and I saw my buddy Eddie on the other side of that door, the veil. So I was like, I want to <laughs> understand from his side because he's right on the other side. He could see me, right? I got through to this side. So having these conversations from both sides and expressing our views from a conscious point of view, and he's a conscious dude, but he's sitting just right in the other, he's, I could see him, he's scratching it. That's why he's here. And to talk about this with people like us from the street, doesn't matter where you're from, hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't, it's like you said, if we're all connected, you're not black, you're white, whatever it is, when people start talking, I don't, I'm not bound by those things, you know, just because of the way I, the way I feel inside. I feel so I've been a lot of different people. Let's get back to you. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors? Like what? What? Yeah. Give us some of that. Give us some of that good stuff. Chapel of Sacred Mirrors. Alex and Allison Gray um, are two really important characters, visionaries in our contemporary world. Yeah. They um, started the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors Cosm in New York. Some years ago built the um, first rendition in Manhattan and now they have a property up in Wappinger Falls which is um, it's a church it's a um, 
a legal church status, um, and they hold full moon gatherings, solstice gatherings, um, art church workshops, and they're building a museum right now, or shall I say we, I'm also on the board of directors nice. of, of COSM, and I teach there every year, um, my workshop, Painting with Light. So when, it, when is that one coming up? It's in October, actually. We still have some spots open. Mm. I don't know when this is Joey, I think we need to make a... We need to make the trip. <laughs> when is it again? again? It's pretty cool. It's October 4th through 11th, and it's a week-long intensive. And so it's one of the best places, um, or one of the places that I love to teach the most. Um, it's a real, a real sanctuary. It's in, in this beautiful, um, beautiful forest, just an hour and a half north of Manhattan. And um, we have a studio where it's 19, 1920 people is the max. And we go deep, and my partner Joe Bob Merritt and I teach are, are teaching this one, and we're calling this workshop is Mixed Tech and Mystics, and so we go into this technique that I was trained in through Ernst Fuchs and Michael Fuchs, um, which is based on an early Renaissance painting method of of developing a piece using um, layers of of building up the light and values of light, glazing with color. And it's working in a very indirect kind of painting method, which comes from from early Renaissance. And so I've um, continued I've I continued to work in this method, and now I use it as a tool to also teach people to become more present, to see, and to see. First, you learn also by seeing, learning to see the natural world, the world around you, and being able to interpret that, and mm. then you are given tools to then be able to to draw paint wow. the inner worlds and so and it's a journey it's a process that we go through in a group that is really powerful because it's something that people come and they think they're going to learn how to paint and that's just a little part of it that's just a small piece of and then and that's the meditation that we're focusing on but we're also all going into this whole process of also observing the self observing the self-talk, observing like what is. And this is a part of Joe Bob's teaching, which is around self-remembering, which is based on Gurdjieff's work and uh, the fourth way. Um, and he has a really interesting lineage that he's, that he's been a part of in becoming more self-aware, learning how to really spot the personality, spot the conditioning in each other and therefore have then also compassion and not be triggered by by the machine of the personality because the, the machine of the personality is something that has been conditioned since birth mm. since we came into this world and we we thought this wasn't fair <laughs> why why is there resistance now it was so non-resistant in the womb in the space where there was no time there was constant temp temperature everything was Everything was great. Everything's and then all of a sudden I come out and it's this totally traumatic experience. Everything's painful. Yeah. All of a sudden I, I'm disconnected from the mother. You know, I have, I have experienced hunger pains. I experience, you know, like temperature differences. And it's like, fuck this. I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah, I don't make it back in there. Exactly. <laughs> and really, you're and, like, like, yeah, <laughs> wow, it's heavy. Right? So if you really consider that, it's like there's this like base kind of like right that we believe that we should be non-disturbed when the reality is the truth of the fact of the matter 
is that we are in physical bodies on a planet with gravity so some think yeah right <laughs> there's hot and cold there's all kinds you know you can get cut you can get killed all these yeah. things that's the reality you know but we're in this state where we're constantly thinking we 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 this is not fair so we're trying to become non-disturbed all the time right and finding tricks and ways you know complaining sticking up for your rights being too pleasant anything to get your way to what you think is going to help you get non be non-disturbed when that is a total trickery and an endless game of becoming undisturbed. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so this is a really interesting, it, it goes deep. And there's this, this map of conditioned man, which he presents. This is the work off of Dr. Bob Gibson, who transliterated some of the work of, of Gurdjieff. And uh, it's a very fascinating uh, journey that we go on together. So it's a really deep dive into what it is to be in this human experience. Let's practice something. Right? We're going to practice. We're going to use. We're going to use art as that practice, and a lot of people that come are not, you know, intending to be professional artists or are. But we do have all of. We have some professional artists. I also encourage people that have never really painted before. Yeah, I've never really painted. It's like I using mean, art to have a spiritual experience, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, you have to be open. I said, well, right. as long as you're open to being um, in a state of 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 consideration of diving deep of committing yourself to something and this is this is a great revolution that's happening now more and more people are open to expanding their awareness and so these kinds of workshops we've seen are just taking off and we every everyone that we do are full and we do one in costa rica uh, vienna australia um la i'm due to do one again in la i think we'll do it in january all right. My birthday is January 23rd, so if you feel like you want to throw me for president, I'd love to come hang out. That's perfect. Got that. It's on camera. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a good thing, you know, and it's, it's all become a symbiotic experience of this, um, of, of coming together in a group and realizing that the bigger, the bigger scope of what's really going on isn't also about what we're individually doing, though that totally matters. It's also, it's about coming together and reflecting all these, this experience as a group. And that's where the real work happens. You can't do it by yourself. Yeah. You've got to do it in a, in a group. And so when you have a specific amount of time, it's like, okay, and we're going to get together and we're going to, we're going to do this. And everybody shows up, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what happens. And it's, it's one of the, yeah, one of the best wow. parts of the experience that I've, been enjoying a lot these days and you know going into the studio and then coming out into the group and that's a big big thing that's happening in in this visionary how big are the groups culture i'd like to keep it at 20 20 yeah do I, you how many times a year do you have about four or five max yeah yeah i mean the one i just did in vienna was five five weeks long and that's the longest we do one in in italy in this eco village called tori superiori that's what the school actually came out of and that's been going on for about 12 years now every july three weeks long in a fortress it's like a fortress the foundation is from 800 years ago and um a group of five families came together and renovated this place into their home and then also a place for ecotourism hmm. so there's like 160 rooms in this whole place it's like it wasn't a fortress of royalty or anything like that it was a common commoners kind of like area it's right off of the coast of the mediterranean 
right on the border to France. So wow. it's, you fly into Nice. And oh my God, so we eat the most incredible food and we paint and we go swimming in this beautiful river and it's just dreamy. And and the people that come from all over the world are, it's just fascinating. I'm in. Little eco yeah. village. Yeah. Yep. I'm in. Yeah. Well, this has Hope been amazing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, so we're having another art show. The first um, art yeah, show. Yeah, we can had. definitely talk about the art show. I mean, you know what we're doing, right? A little bit. Jo- yeah, Joey yeah. told me. So something. I'll give you the history. So Joey came to me originally when we started, you know, kind of hanging out in, in, in this new in this new new space. Um, one of the things, I'm in the art world. I've been selling art and doing, I was a graffiti artist for forever. So we threw an art show to benefit homeless in Malibu. And I brought like Retina and Brainwash and Shepard and Sage Vaughn and... Cisco Adler and a bunch of my friends. Like, I'm not a curator. I just call my friends and say, hey, I'm going to have a show, and it, it goes pretty cool. Yeah. So we're, we're working on a new, a new concept, and we want this time we're going to benefit mental... It's mental health. That's how assist comes in. Mental health. Yeah. Um, and assist is an organization that's helping professionals deal with people having spiritual awakenings, mm-hmm. not, you know, saying they're crazy or they're bipolar, but, like, helping them through the process, like, inter- in engaging them on a different level. Um, and then also we're going to be working with Akon on the Light Up America, right? Well, yeah, the thing is, is Assist is having a conference, I think, November 13th, 12th, 13th, I think it is. Um, and what they do is they bring, you know, therapists and um, doctors from around the globe that will participate and they train them to spiritually understand what's happening when someone's going through an awakening. So that other doctors, Western doctors, understand. So they're inviting, uh, like, professors from from universities to come and speak on panels to talk about um, awakenings and and the symptoms of an awakening and what to do when this happens. And so you know you have both sides. People that, like, for my my um, my family, what they saw, what what happened, and, and to what she what because she really didn't have anyone to talk to besides a, a mental institution. So she had nothing really to base it or an opinion to say, well, what else could it be? You know, so when you're, someone says you're crazy, it's hard to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I woke up and saw a cyst and started reading about it and saw that there was another place for people to look and get another opinion, it, it seemed, it, how is it not out there? You know, so the next art show, what we're going to do is um, raise some awareness and raise some money uh, for a cyst and... Um, homelessness because I feel that usually what happens is people have mental breakdowns something like that and next thing you know they're homeless um, well it sounds like the vision quest right you go out there and you have no food and water and you're on your own I mean that sounds like a lot of people that are out there on the street so you can only imagine how open some of those people are mm-hmm. and 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 the thing that Tage told me when when I took Joey well when we went to Tage she I, I was worried you know I was like my teacher I'm introducing her to this guy that's crazy kind of right she's like He's fine. The information is being downloaded at a rate that he just cannot handle. He'll get the tools. So that's probably what's going on with a lot of people out there in the streets is they're, they're, they're not eating, right? They're in the sun. They're out all the time. They're very alone. Even though well, they're, 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 the first thing they're going to do is they're going to protect themselves. So that's yeah. why they look a little crazy. Because if you walk up to them, they'll start screaming. I, I was in mental institutions and I saw them. And so I, would, I was like, this person doesn't seem crazy to me. I could tell they were acting crazy, but I think that that was just something to put on for protection. When you're on the street and people are stealing your shit, you have to move every five minutes and there's nowhere to go. So you have to, it's like, just keep walking. It's like, where do you walk to? There's no, like, you have to just keep walking. Yeah. So I, 
I started to see that these people in the mental institutions were completely normal that were going through what I was going through. And I was like, how many people are here like me? I started asking doctors that were, that were saying that schizophrenia and were going through the same thing that I was going through. And almost, not to say everybody in there, but you know, every other person had, was going through experiences like the ones I was going through. So I was like, this is wild. And there's nothing else out there, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's what, you know, what led me to Eddie and like, let's start feeding some homeless and to see, you know, and it just kind of cracked open and kept going. And so, which is leading to this, the second art show. Um, we have Snoop involved. We have Akon involved, Akon Lighting America, Akon um, set up a nonprofit in Africa, Akon Lighting Africa and brought solar electricity to over 600 million people. Um, and so, you know, he, he responded to what we were talking about and we got Snoop involved, Akon involved. So we're going to do a art show and a music uh, festival um, starting in November. November 16th will be the, art, the day of the art show. We're still looking for a location. Mm. Um, and I know, of course, we called you to ask you to be in it and to interview you and thank you for coming down and, and so appreciate you know seeing you again. We've talked about a lot of these things that you've come to my house and uh, I've, I kept bumping into you and you, I don't, like I called you up and I had to talk to you. It was so I remember just like I had to reach out to you and I knew that we would we would cross paths again for sure. And so thank That's you so, so much. Wild when you called too, I was expecting actually another call and I just blind, I just picked it up and I was like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. And then you're like, do you know who this is? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, but it was, it flowed so perfectly. And yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, it, yeah. I'm, Are you I'm here November 16th? You know, I, I probably can be, that's kind of, there's a bit of a gap, um, in November okay. between things. Cause what me. I think so would be interesting that I could after, be here, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah. after talking to you, I think, you know, maybe there's something we can do to get you to, to do more than just donate a piece or, or, or present a piece in the show. Maybe we, you can help us create some sort of workshop where we, you know, cause one of the things Kids, I like, want to do, if you would do something, like, we can do the vision train. We that would be awesome. Okay. Station. That's it. So that's, that's it done. right there. All right. Boom. There. there it is. So <laughs> that's, that's what we it. talked about. Well, yeah. Cause you know, there's, I want to do a lot. Like we want to take a space for the weekend and I want to be op- activating at every, at every turn. So yeah. it's like 10 AM, 11, 12, just constant using that space to, to just utilize our resources yeah. to open up people and, and, and assist, you know, right. oddly enough. And I think that'd be great. Even if you can't necessarily lead it or be 100% present, at least you can give us the tools that we need to, to activate if you're not here. For sure. I, th- I think that could flow pretty well, though. That's great. That'd be awesome. And what about the honest. school from Watts? Do you think they would want to participate? Because we exactly. would open it up and offer it to schools that. to mm-hmm. come out. So maybe they could be one of the schools that comes and participates. Yeah, my, my friend Matt, who's the teacher That's there, and my connection, he's, awesome. he's an incredible human. What's the name of the school? It's Markham. Okay middle school so so they redid jordan downs uh gym in watts and i had mar this is mar and sec go and paint the gym on behalf of uh, jordan jordan oh, donated nice. the, the, the they paid us to go and do it i didn't show up but it, <laughs> i mean you know i didn't show up but they went and painted it so maybe we'll get them involved too on yeah some level. that'd be great that'd be great hopefully we'll see you before that yeah, yeah, but I got sure, a question. Let sure. me ask you a couple of questions that are off the spiritual topic, but on the art topic, because, you know, I'm in the graffiti world and it's, it's interesting to me what's going on with like street art and mm-hmm. murals, like every city you go to, like murals are like the big thing now, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, do you do murals? Do you do? I want to do murals. I haven't done any big ones yet. Okay. 
I, really, I got a couple. I, really I got well. I got though. a couple things. Um, you know, branded arts. Have you heard of Warren Brand? He did this thing in uh, Little Tokyo or Koreatown, the school. Mm-mm. Okay, so one of my well, friends does. Know. One of my friends does a lot of outdoor mural stuff. But I'm working on a mural fest with Shepard and some other people. Maybe we can talk about that. But I think yeah. you know who Mir. Oh yeah, Mir is a good okay. friend of mine. Okay, so Mir is a great mm-hmm. friend of mine as well, and I yeah. can see his. I can. There's some. There's some similarities there. Do you know Shrine's work? Of Shrine course. Yeah. So Shrine's a really dear friend. We've some of the biggest work I've ever painted is with him. Okay. We yeah. did a big piece in Portugal. Um, about four years ago. Right. Um, but yeah, I so so honor what he does, what he's been doing in Palestine. In where where has he been in Palestine? He's been in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, doing working with with two sides. I'm not quite sure where Beirut maybe, but they were warring kind of communities, and that, as a part of a healing project. Yeah, bringing them together, together and, and doing yeah, together. doing murals. Yeah. Wow. You know, and that's just. That's next level that's healing. <laughs> healing is wow. what's happening, and yeah, that's and, the whole. And, and, and at the end of it, on. they leave something behind that not just the people that are going through the experience can relate to, but it's like an image that people can can dive into, you know, and kind of take something away. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, that was. That's what I think the beauty of murals are. It's like it's public art, you know. So exactly. especially with what you're doing, exactly, it's like that can take you somewhere, you know. And so if if that's a ten story building, yeah. You know, it's great that it's going to be, you know, no disrespect to what Shepard's doing, like Johnny Cash or these iconic figures, which are, which are great. But imagine if you're putting that type of dimensional work up that has a message or well, it's multiple a, it's messages. A, a sacred art, you know, bringing back also the technology and the um, importance of sacred art, yeah. of having work that does transport you energetically into the space or state that it was intended for and the tanka paintings do you are you familiar with romeo shrista he um made some of these big tanka painting books the celestial um the celestial tanka painting i I don't remember the name of it but he's the 17th incarnation of the original tanka painting master from tibet the Mm. dalai lama is the 14th right okay. now right so the 17th incarnation that's a few more yeah <laughs> but he's a really interesting character and he is um he is alive and well he lives in ireland he just had a, opened a, a show in new york city at the tibet house called the body of light wow so it's and open now i uh, just closed actually okay. but he's a dear friend of mine yeah. we just had a four-hour conversation a few days ago he calls when i'm I, I think of him, and then a few moments later Phone he calls. Rings. That's great. So you're yeah. connected. And we have a real download. And he he's very interested in. He says in this lifetime, his monastery has no walls. And he he came to Hawaii 2011 at the Alchemize conference. He found out about it through the internet and the visionary artists through the internet. And he came and he and he said he said I think the the visionary artists are my reincarnated monks. 500 of my monks were killed in front of me in the last lifetime and they've reincarnated all over the world yeah and so there's this you know there's people like like him that keep reminding me (laughs) yeah you know we need to transcend the ego and we need to work together you know and i feel that like the what you guys are up to you know in this this vision of of bringing art more you know in the connection with the art in the streets and this this transcendence of the white wall gallery. Yeah. Right. Um, there's something you know. Um, Swiss Beats. Yeah, we're just talking no about commission. 
you know, what he's doing in Miami, I think is super inspiring. And Swoon is also, yeah, of course. she's yeah. an, been a, a wonderful influence of mine and a friend of mine over the years, Ally. Yeah. Have you ever I heard really of the 7th Letter Crew? No. Okay, so I'm part of a crew that we started. It's probably the largest graffiti crew in the world called the 7th Letter. Yeah. G. And it's, you know, a lot of people that you probably are familiar with would consider themselves a member or an affiliate of what we've been doing for a long time. Yay. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And it's all outdoor. It's all, you know, sure, retina's part of it. So yeah. there's, there's the gallery and the Jeffrey Dite side of things, obviously. But most of it is really street communication. That's what we started as. We're communicating with people. We're getting our message out there on the street, you know. So we're definitely going to try to try to do that as much as we can with what we're yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's that balance too of bringing the bringing the gallery world and also you know the the, the financial part of the art world, which is necessary, and connecting that also with the with the real mission and vision behind most of the artists' yeah. work and that. So there's this place called Rhythmia, which is uh, it's called the Life Advancement Center. It's in Costa Rica, and this uh, this guy Gerard Powell, I think I'm saying it's I'll be, I'll be meeting you soon. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, he, he's had an amazing story, and you've got to watch his film. He made a, a documentary Is about it his experience. It's called Mrs. Moon's Medicine. And he turned his life around. Mrs. Where can you find it? Online. Like a guy from Gaia or something? Or? No, you can watch it for free, I think, online. Really? Uh, it, it, go to Rhythmia and, and check out what, what they have going on. And they he... the. So he was on a crazy fast track to the, you know, to ruin of his own life. Super successful, here from LA, had everything he could possibly, thought he could ever possibly want, but was really going downhill um, in, you know, just drugs and all the things. And he um, somehow, I, I don't remember the exact link, but he did, w went to, he found ayahuasca it's kind of a last resort almost see if like he could help yeah, change this character this beast that he the, he had become right and he had a really profound experience that helped him see it's kind of like the i'm looking at the triangle here of these like in the table these screamers right <laughs> but it's kind of like that perspective that psychedelics can give you yeah um is like you can see outside of your experience of of your perception of what what is and you can see yourself and you can see it right. life and 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 really like see maybe the truth through it and so it, he had such an incredible awakening the story mrs moon's medicine is really beautiful and it told him it, to take his what he had created and to turn it in to create the center and it's become a place that it's not it's definitely something that is it's a it's a steep ticket is um, it when they do that? There's a um, what's that festival in Costa Rica? It's uh, Envision. Envision. No, it's is it a different that time. No, well, Rhythmia is, a, is is happening all the time. Oh, okay, so it's just like it's a, on. It's 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 in the Guanacaste region, so it's further north from Envision. Um, but it's a place that where you have um, you have a real full facility dedicated, committed to your well-being yeah 24 7 you yeah. Have really yeah. i think i've heard of it i actually think i've heard of it and um yeah and so i've i've actually just my work has been affiliated with the ayahuasca community for about 10 years i have just i just sat with the medicine for the first time last year and i've been invited over the years to so many different ceremonies and to be but it just it wasn't right yet i did i felt as i was like a, with all all respect to the medicine and to the 
that when the right time comes, I'll know. And so now I've started this relationship with actually sitting with the medicine and understanding a little bit deeper of where, because people come out and they're like, man, your work is like what I saw, you know? Yeah. So, it's, it's, you yeah. know, I, I have, I've only done ayahuasca once um, and I've done DMT once. And it's, that's what I saw mm. is the, the images and the art that you saw. It was, it, it's like this geometry and it's, it's, and you, it's completely, when I was there, what I saw, when I did ayahuasca, I didn't, I fell asleep. But I did, when I did DMT, absolutely. It was all like these forms and shapes and colors and it was amazing. It was really an amazing experience. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it definitely speaks to being connected and being here before and being here again mm -hmm. to yeah. you being able to, to articulate that vision without actually taking the medicine. And I think a lot of it came, comes from the work that I did with Ernst Fuchs for so many yeah. years. And watching him and being around him, not really knowing, you could tell he didn't know what he was doing, but he was showing up. Yeah. Right. And he was kind of like, and watching, seeing what the paintbrush would do and following. It's like he was that. channeling, like, right? Exactly. Right. And so that's something that I picked up around him. I was like, oh, that's how you do it. You said actually, it. You're like, he didn't know what he was doing, but he was doing it. So that's the channeling. first time I ever, it. I ever smoked weed and painted and it right. really worked. <laughs> right was with him in the church. We didn't smoke in the church, but we were working together. <laughs> right, right. We didn't smoke <laughs> in the church. Right. Well, it doesn't matter because sure he knows if you did. But it was an experience that I never forgot she, after that. We were, it was just him and I, and, and, and he, he said to me, we're painting, and he's like, you know what would be great right now? Is some good Mexican weed. And I was like, what? Uh. I was like, I don't know about your generation, but my generation, that was not yeah, the good we're not stuff. Smoking, <laughs> right. no. It's a little more uh, green now. Uh. But, and he's like, when he was in LA in the 50s, actually eating, eating peyote, yeah. they were just getting it shipped to them in boxes, you know, and experimenting. But so I was like, well, I do have a little bit of good Austrian homegrown. I'm, I mean, I could offer that if you'd like. And he's like, all right, let's go. And so we went and, and we, we smoked a little bit and then we came back to paint. And I stood there and I watched him for a while first. And I, and, and I realized what he was doing. And it finally like really hit me. Yeah. And he would load up his brush. He would just get it loaded. And then he would go. And he would stop when there was absolutely nothing left. Yeah. And it That's was kind amazing. of like this, this thing. It's like this connection that he would... And there was like almost a sound to it. The first time I ever painted 16 hours was with him. Yeah, there was a rhythm. Yeah, there's a, there's rhythm, a rhythm and there's something that you get into and they all show up. You're guided, yeah. you know, but there's a, there's a point you have to get through of like the fear of failure and the fear of the mistake where you then realize that you can make no mistake. There are no mistakes. No. Yeah. And, and then That's that full channel, potential. you know, That's and like I, you were like graffiti artists hitting it. are at the pinnacle right. of that, of being able to wield that control yeah. in a way. You know, in that there is something so exhilarating and precious and deep and connected that I've always felt and seen through graffiti art, and also the the fact that it's like you know doing it on train cars or illegal illegal hanging illegal, off of you know? freeway on ramps. The mm. kind of the kind of passion that is around that is yeah that it takes that, to get you know? out and go do it. Have you have you ever heard of Rhyme, Jersey Joe? think so so he's really he's a he's a really 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 well-known artist he's done really well for himself 
but he's really on the journey and he's taking the medicine and him and Dave Navarro and a couple of friends did it and they swear by it he swears by it for his creativity like that's the that's the that's it you know that's the basis of it and you know I'm I'm considering trying to sit down with the medicine and trying to figure yeah. it out but I'm really fearful you know well, I, I'm scared of what what I'm going to find you know I think you a good thing to know going into it is that there is nothing you can't handle and that you're you're protected and that you're safe you know and that the the revealing of what the medicine can bring that you're strong enough to see it and that you're you're ready to you know, and there's nothing that's actually that they can really harm you. And when you go in, in with that kind of like that prayer, yeah, and that you go intention. in with good guides, yeah, with that really intention, really good surroundings where you know where the medicine's coming from, that is very, very clear, very, very important. You know, to be in the, with the right people, right, with the, the right, right people. And if there's any question, you know, step back and and wait. I waited ten years. So yeah. I felt really clear where it was a clear thing that it was like, no, because I started getting invited because of my art. Yeah, Not, you would think yeah. it, see, because I didn't know what you just said. I, I yeah. Because you of your you, art, yeah. and he said it, yeah. this is what I saw. And I'm not saying because you're here. I'm just you know, straight up. It's That's truth. These, these geometric shapes and colors that, that start happening. And I was like, wow. And it, it is, it's these forms, these colors, and th- these images that I, that I saw. Well, it's all, it's all part of it. You yeah, know? well, for me, when I was young, I was probably about 13 years old, I took window pane acid. I took a whole hit of window pane, right? And I had, the, I had a very violent experience. I threw a person mm-hmm. off a second-story balcony because my girlfriend was asleep, and he tried to crawl in her sleeping bag. So I threw him through a, a sliding glass door and tossed him over a second-story balcony and jumped over after him. Yeah, it's truth. So for me, every time I would go into a journey like that, that's the, that was the stem mm-hmm. of it for me was worrying that that switch would flip and then I was going to hurt someone. So I'm always like super cautious and scared and, you know, didn't want to, and I've had a lot of really bad experiences with mushrooms where I would just isolate myself because I felt I was protecting the other people around me, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm the the demon that needs to stay in the room while you guys all go and have a great time. Yeah. You know, so that's around peak time. I'd go hide my head in the sand and then everyone else would go have wonderful time and see all these colors and I'd be ashamed. Yeah. So, so I, I do, I, I do think maybe I'm ready, and and with the right guide, I can kind of get over that because that's not my truth. That was my experience. That's not the foundation of of it all. You know? Yeah, but all of that that you've seen and that you've experienced has helped. You know, has been a part of your soul's journey in yeah. some way. Yeah. You know, like, and that, I, I'm, that I, I love who I am. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't maybe not all the things I've done, but I definitely right love who it who where it's brought me right you know? it's like you don't know, love the things you have did but i love the way it shaped me because yeah. i'm able to understand yeah, like i and that that's the thing of letting go of the guilt of who the things that i did you know because you i always thought of myself less than all the time because the way i was the what my mom you know my mom used to say because i i, I me and my little brother didn't have really a relationship because I wasn't able to go home. I wasn't able to go to my house because I was a bad influence. Yeah. So from 14 years old on, 13, I was, I was gone. Mm. And so I was just always thought I was a bad person. Mm. So I just, you know, when you have that and then people look at you and you do these things, you, even the picture with me, I always had a, like a grimace on my face or I, I didn't want people to picture of us me. when we were. Yeah. yeah like you, I look, just, you look great. A couple of people said, oh, Joey used to be good looking. <laughs> Like, you know, I just, I just like, kind of like, you know, but I just, I remember I, I just didn't want anyone around me. It was an easy way of, 
If you're not smiling, people don't people hear don't you. People don't want to talk to you. You hey. know, now I do. I, I, I do. I smile to everyone. I remember I started, I wouldn't wear certain colors because I, I was like, God, I don't want to intimidate people. I don't want to, the things I used to do, I just, it's just not the way to move through the world. It really isn't. No. It isn't. You're stuck. But anyway, Amanda, do you know a girl named Asterius that's in Bali that had the sacred geometry? Mm, no, I don't. I, I don't. I haven't been connected with Bali directly for time. like for a long time. It's time to go back. I can't wait. There's a there's I a there's a gallery to, in yeah. a bud. There's Let's a gallery go. by this guy named Agung. <laughs> no, no, his name is Agung. I, I, I Agung Rai. Yes, I know him. He's my home. I have pictures of him Are on my serious? Facebook. Yeah. You gotta you gotta say hi for me. He, yeah. I don't know if you'd remember me. Oh, he's amazing. Man, I, I, oh, that's yeah. a trip. He, he, he is a major supporter of the arts there. He built these museums there. So this guy was a street kid. This is, so totally. I, met, I met him. I met him. We start talking and he finds out I'm a street kid. He goes, me too. I used to sell art on the beach. And he goes, well, I go, you did? And he goes, yeah, come to my place. So I'm thinking I'm going to go back to this guy's like little house, like in what he's talking. I end up going back to his gallery, which is a huge hotel. Like Obama stays there when he goes there. Next thing I'm looking, and he has kids everywhere, and he's, he's teaching them art. All yeah. the street kids. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, how about we do an art show here, right? He's like, well, I, I do art. So yeah, it's a good idea. Like, he's kind of messing with me. He goes, well, let's do it. He goes, well, I'd like to do an exchange program and actually bring kids from Indonesia and then bring kids from, from the, States the States and bring them here for art. Amazing. So we got in. This is actually how this started. I'm not even kidding what? you. Yes. <laughs> So I ended up talking to him. I ended up going there. I meet the, the high king of Indonesia and three-star general with a gung, and they said, let's do a music festival and art show in a bud at his gallery. So that's what brought me here to start this art show in this music festival that's supposed yeah. to go to Bali to a bud. We're going. Yes. I, I'm, I'm I, going. You know a gung. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to hit him right now. It's a great... Like, the, the, the sweet like you see him and like right when you see his eyes you know he's like an angel i used to go he would he would have balinese dancers on sundays come and pose in the gardens and invite artists to come and and draw them and you wouldn't have to pay anything you know for the models or anything he would he would have coffee or tea or yeah. fruit everything brought to the artists and he would just go and draw <laughs> i have this huge collection of drawings i gotta show you here's a picture period. of my this is the really like, special he's one of the I, yeah, Agung was, he was such a I, amazing oh, dude. It's like, I'm so glad that comes up again. Oh, yeah, here he is, right here. My heart's so connected. Oh, it's not going to come in here. Yeah. All the, all the full circles. I feel like I've lived so many lives already in this life. We're you lucky. have. We're lucky here, in this lifetime. <laughs> we, get to, we get to experience so much. Well, thank you a lot for coming in again. It's always a pleasure to see you, and, and I will see you on November 16th. Yeah, looking forward to for it. For sure. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe to the Space Between podcast on Apple Podcast.